The world of the paranormal is never-ending and vast. It seems no matter where you are on this planet, you'll find a story or two of some unexplained activity. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends. It's good to see you made it back for another episode. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true unexplained paranormal horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, please be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. Joining me today is my good friend and brother from another mother, Southern Cannibal. He's helping me read a story or two today, and if you enjoy his voice, please be sure to check out his channel. You can find the link to do so in the top of the description down below. And without further ado, let's get into these creepy and allegedly true, unexplained, paranormal horror stories. My family traveled a lot only because we were a military family. If we had the choice, we would stay in one place forever. Now, because we traveled a lot, we had a fair share of stories. Us getting robbed, natural disasters, car crashes, but none like this one. And what makes it suspicious is that it happened to only me. It was January 14th in New York. I turned nine in five weeks, so if anyone else had a birthday as a kid, you would know that I was hyped. It was already bad enough that I had anxiety and insomnia, so I would stay up nearly every night, and this night was no different. After a good dinner of spaghetti, I went straight to bed. My little brothers were already asleep and my parents were relaxing in the room watching TV. I tried to get some sleep by putting my head under the pillow. Every now and then, I would peek at the clock. 9.01, 10.13, 11.20... I got up to check if my parents were still up. Sure enough, they were asleep. TV still on. I went back to my room to try to sleep more. It got cold fast. I looked outside and it was snowing lightly. I looked at my clock and it was 11.27. I got slightly annoyed at how I was unable to sleep. I flopped back on my bed and turned into a blanket burrito. I managed to fall asleep eventually. Then, I woke up terrified. I looked at the clock. It was off. I slowly walked to my clock to see if it was unplugged. It was still plugged in. I started to cry a bit. I then heard a noise outside. It sounded like a mix of a goat and a coyote. I looked outside. It was heavily snowing at this point. I couldn't see anything clearly. Not even the houses on the other side. I then heard something fall and break downstairs. I started to have a panic attack. This happens rarely. I then instinctively took out my pocket knife my dad gave me when I was still in Cub Scouts. I quickly opened it and walked out the door. Something sounded like it was sprinting at my door with light footsteps, then slammed my door shut. It opens inwards. I ran back to my bed and held up my dog stuffed animal I named Ten. I decided to man up, or little boy up, and ran to the door. I opened it and held my knife to the side. Nothing was there. I ran downstairs. Again, nothing was there. I went to the kitchen. 
Apparently, a bunch of my mom's spice shakers broke. I forgot what specific ones, but they were expensive. Fortunately, both of my parents are heavy sleepers. I looked at the microwave. No time. It appears that all the power was off. Probably from the snowstorm, if I had to guess. My little brain decided to walk outside, for whatever reason. I put on shoes, a coat, and went to the back door. Nothing. Nothing at all was out there. I heard another noise, though. It was the same noise. It sounded like it came from the woods. I then went to the fence and peeked through a little crack in between the planks. I saw a dead deer laying down. I will not go into details, but it looked like a pile of ketchup mixed with squished up tomatoes. The smell was bad. It seemed fresh. I walked back to the porch very and reasonably disturbed. I sat down on a snow-covered chair. I was slightly shivering. I heard heavy footsteps coming from the woods, but as they got closer, uh, they sounded a bit weird, to say the least. I walked back into my house slowly as to not alert whatever it was. Then, I went upstairs. I locked the door, both locks, and then heard a gravelly deep moan coming from upstairs right as I was about to walk up them. I walked up the stairs and stood in front of the closet. It stopped as soon as I took the last step. At this point, I had enough and jerked the door open. Again, there was nothing there. Then I heard scurrying in the living room. I jumped down the stairs. This was a bad decision. I tripped and landed on my face flat. I woke up dazed but not in any pain. Yet. I looked at the living room and saw a large, tall, bulky figure. It seemed to be gray, but I did not know for sure. It had large, empty eye holes, and its mouth looked like melted cheese. I stayed on the floor. The thing did not move. It just stared at me blankly. Then its jaw gaped open slowly, about the size of our TV. It then ran off into the kitchen, and I heard the back door close. I was laying on the floor for a good while. I then got up and cleaned my nose, surprisingly not broken, but very bruised. I slowly crawled up my bed and slept there peacefully. My parents woke up to find the spices broken, blood on the floor, and a dead deer outside. I told them what happened, but... No dice. I remember it clearly to this day, and they still do not believe me. Luckily, we moved to Texas, and there's no more snow for me. I grew up in rural areas my entire life. Whether it was bee farms in Tennessee or living in the middle of nowhere, Florida, I've done it all. Growing up without access to most commonalities we've grown accustomed to. Yeah, that's right. We had no internet, no TV, and yep, you guessed it, no cell phones. I know, the horror, right? I like to think of us as the last true generation before the internet age. Not to say dial-up wasn't around, but most of us at the time didn't really have access to it. But honestly, it really wasn't that bad. I mean, outside of the long, boring summer days where we'd be cooking alive in the fields. Living out in an old Civil War cabin in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee, definitely showed out some interesting experiences. The story is going to be one of many that I share. That is, if you all enjoy this one, that is. The story starts off like any other, really. 
It was a typical Friday night, and my brothers and I were home alone. Being that we didn't have much of anything to entertain ourselves with, we began playing manhunt in and around the house. Most of the time we opted to stay indoors as it was pitch black outside. For a bit more context, our cabin was situated on top of a rather steep hill that had a long winding driveway running down it. Our cabin had a basement level, the main level where most of the house was, and the upstairs that only had my room. We also had a back deck that was situated about 10 to 12 feet up in the air, if I had to guess. Anyway, back to the story at hand. It was pitch black outside, and going much further than our porch at night wasn't really something anyone enjoyed doing out there. The game was fun, but was already getting pretty monotonous with the little room we had inside. At this point, I had the bright idea to wander off outside and then hide on the roof to make the game more interesting. Well, this would soon be one of the biggest regrets in my life. At first, everything seemed fine. It was rather cold and it was nearing fall and the weather was just starting to change. There was a slight breeze and the air was really crisp and calming. After a few minutes of sitting up on the roof though, something felt off. I had been practically mesmerized by the sound of crickets and cicadas. I realized though that all the noise had suddenly stopped. This seemed very odd to me, but at the same time, being as naive as I was at the time, I didn't realize that this only meant something bad was going to happen. I sit there as still as possible for a moment, trying to listen as closely as I can. I just can't seem to hear anything aside from the slight breeze through the leaves. Then as quickly as the silence came, an eruption of noise came from the other end of the roof. For a bit more detail, we had a metal roof at the time, making it very easy to hear when things walk on the roof. It sounded like something had landed on the opposite side end of the roof. I looked over, but could see nothing. This of course left me rather unnerved, and my first thought was to exit the situation. Before panicking fully, I remembered it could be my brothers messing with me since surely they would have given up on looking for me by now. I opened up my window and called my brothers. They both ran up the stairs shouting and complaining that the roof was off limits. As my older brother got to me, I had asked him if he had been messing with me and making the noise on the roof. He of course denied this and wanted to come up and investigate. So, he and I slowly made our way to the middle of the roof and listened for a moment. Everything went quiet around us as it had earlier. At this point, I was already on edge and ready to karate chop a demon right in the neck if I had to. We hear what sounds like a pounding noise on the far end of the roof in the opposite direction of where we were standing. After what I think were three sets of six pounding noises, it charged us. I think it did anyway. It sounded like hooves were running on the metal roof, but the only issue was we couldn't see a thing. The entire roof was clear, aside from us that is but somehow we were hearing these footsteps. It quickly approached us and began running circles around us. I held my arms out to try and see if I could feel anything, but I couldn't. The weirdest part of it all, though, was that I could feel the vibrations of the footsteps all around us, but I couldn't see or feel anything in the air. These footsteps circled around us for what seemed like many minutes, but were probably no more than a minute or so at most. It suddenly stopped circling us and we could hear the steps draw off the roof and then disappear into thin air. We quickly ran inside, locked all the windows and doors, and huddled up inside, freaked the hell out.
I and my boyfriend and our first child moved into our first home together. My daughter Isabella would have only been two or three months old. The house we moved into was not creepy looking at all. It was run down, so the rent was cheap. It was a high set house with three bedrooms and a fireplace. The paint was all yellow from years of smoke and wear and tear that nobody bothered to maintain. There was a giant hole in the wall in my daughter's room, but we were allowed to paint and fix it up with permission from the owner. The house was looking good. It was so surreal to have our first home, as a new family. Things were great until weird stuff started to happen once we were settled in. Temperatures would drop in certain spots of the house. Watches would stop working and cell phones would glitch out every now and then. They would call numbers on their own, get into different apps entirely, and just simply weird things like that. Isabella would often wake up all through the night terrified, like something was tormenting her. Well, years passed by and Isabella is now around three years old, still having the temperature drops and all of that other stuff, but her toys would also now go off on their own at all random times of the day and night. Isabella started to tell me about this person she called Scary Hands and how she did not want to go to sleep because Scary Hands lived in her room. So I made a monster spray bottle and sprayed a bit of water under the bed and told her there were no monsters here. Isabella became obsessed with this monster's scary hands. Every night, it was the same drama. One day, Isabella was drawing a picture, and I remember it like it was yesterday. I choked on my coffee and asked what she was drawing. I was chilled to my bone. She drew a pink room with herself in the bed and a very twisted person, all with black pen and flies with skeleton-like hands. She sold me scary hands, which were a corpse in her room of a woman. I asked her who that was, and Isabella replied with that scary hands, mom. I asked Isabella another question. I said, what, she, what does she do? Isabella said she makes weird sounds and comes out from behind my cupboard every night. She puts her hands on my bed and watches me. The cupboard in her room was where the big hole in the wall was. When my boyfriend came home from work that night, I showed him Isabella's drawing. He said, with his skepticism, it is probably something she has seen on TV, which I do not know how as she has only ever watched cartoons. My boyfriend brushed it off as nothing. I, on the other hand, did not. When it came to bedtime, I put a little cross on her cupboard. I told her not to worry about scary hands. She said, Mom... Scary hands are mean and she does not like you. I said why, and Isabella said she wants us all dead. I was shocked and I said, well, Uncle Shane's dog is going to get her. He owned an excessively big mastiff cross which was very intimidating to people who did not know her. She said, Mom, Scary Head said she is going to die. Kip the dog is going to die. I just did not know what to say. I gave her a big cuddle, and I was just about to leave her room when I heard a massive boom. A glass jar on the fridge full of coins exploded at that very moment. Glass flew by my face, nearly cutting me. If I were one step further, I would have been killed by the glass, easily. It would have been in my face and neck. I was horrified. My boyfriend said it was just a coincidence. The glass broke at that moment. The next day, we got a visit from Shane. 
He was upset. His dog Kip had a seizure and passed away. I could not believe it. It was exactly what my daughter said was going to happen. Time passed by and the weird stuff was still happening. I remember I was having a bath, home alone, and water turned ice cold all of a sudden. Like I was sitting in a bath filled with ice. I had this terrifying feeling completely wash over my body, and then I could hear all the chairs in the kitchen being scraped and dragged across the wooden floor. All the doors were being slammed. It was so loud, and I was terrified. I thought someone was going to rob the house. Then it went silent, and the water returned to the lovely hot bath that I ran. I was a mess. I ran to my phone I had in the kitchen and called my boyfriend to come home, as he was at a friend's house. He raced home and searched the house. Nothing was taken. The chairs were in the same place. It horrified him to see how upset I was. I begged him that we needed to move. He did not want to because the rent was affordable and it wasn't in a good area of town. So, a few weeks later, we were going to have some drinks at a club on Halloween night. Grandma had been watching Isabella, so it was great to have some fun. We were with a bunch of friends and we were on our way home. Just as we were approaching our house, all the lights were on, blinds and windows all open, the TV on full bore. We all froze. One of our friends, Troy, said, Bro, I think someone broke into your house. As we left the doors, they were locked. Lights were off. Blinds were shut. So, the men ran into the house while I was outside with the girls and I started to cry. The house is haunted. I know it is. My boyfriend came back and he said the door was locked and no one could get in because the windows were all locked too. It was a high-set house as well as I said. He said it is fine. The next second, as we were all standing outside the house, all the doors started slamming and the lights were going off and on. The girls started screaming and freaking out, and my boyfriend was completely shocked. He was frozen. So that night we got a hotel room, and we moved into my mom's while we were applying for a new house. We got another house. Time went by as we had our second child, and when he turned three, he mentioned scary hands one night when I was tucking him into bed. My heart sank again. Who are these scary hands, and why is she tormenting my children? My boyfriend's mother got right into the unknown, and I told her everything. I just wanted this to stop. She came over one day with a huge Bible, some religious artifacts, or coins or something. She told me what they were meant to do, and then she went through my house. She left the Bible open on a certain page, and she said to leave it and do not touch it. Whatever she did seemed to work. So Isabella is 11 now, and we are now married with four children, and we just bought our first home. Hey Swamp Dweller, I'm a big fan of your channel. I've been listening to your channel for a few months now and I figured I might as well share my paranormal experience. If you decide to read it, great. If not, that's okay too. When I was about 12 years old, I lived in a small town called Johnsonburg, Pennsylvania, with my mom and three brothers. We had just moved into a new house. I had a strange feeling about the house from the beginning. The previous owner was an elderly man whom I never learned the name of. I'm not sure if he died in the house or not, but I could just tell from looking at it, something was not quite right. Anyway, nothing major really ever happened for a year or so, just your normal strange noises that could be explained away if you really tried. It was a pretty old house after all, 
but I always felt like I was being watched when I was alone in that house or in my room. Sometimes, when I was there alone, I could hear someone walking around in the attic, which was my oldest brother's room while he was not there. Or sometimes, I would hear my name being called in my mother's voice, but when I went downstairs to answer, she would either not be there or deny that she ever called me in the first place. It did not start getting bad until I was 13 and my parents' divorce was finally official, and it kind of made me angry that my mom was so happy about it. My dad isn't perfect. Back then he was a heavy drinker and a workaholic, but he would come home to whisk me away my little brother for summers and stuff like that. My family is very blended. My two older brothers are my mom's first marriage, but my dad still loved them like his own sons. My older sister and myself are from their marriage. I also have another older sister from my dad's first marriage as well. Anyway, despite all my dad's faults, he had never raised a hand to any of us no matter what. He is my dad and I love him no matter what. Anyways, so I was your typical angsty preteen girl at that point, and that's when things started to get worse. I would see a shadow out of the corner of my eye almost every single day, as well as hear whispering in my ear while I was trying to sleep at night. I have never had sleep paralysis, nor do I even remember any dreams I've ever had. So, to me, that is proof no matter what my mom tried to tell me. When I told her about all of this, she would always write me off about anything negative I had to say about the house, because her friend is the one who bought it and rented it to us. I now know that he most likely was her pimp, but that's another story I'd rather not get into. Anyway, one night I woke up feeling intense pain in my back. I had a full body mirror in my room, so I lifted my shirt and saw scratches all over. I know this sounds really cliche, but I swear in my life it is true. I knew my mom would not believe me, so I went to my middle brother's room and he was a little annoyed that I woke him up so late on a school night until he saw that I was crying. I showed him my back and told him about the experiences I had been having and he consoled me and let me sleep in his room that night, sleeping on the floor so I could have the bed because my brothers are pretty awesome. I consulted with all of my brothers after that and turns out they all had a few strange experiences as well, just not as bad as me. My oldest brother eventually moved out of the attic and started to share a room with my middle brother but would not tell us why. Anyway, one day I and my little brother, who is only a year younger than me, were playing in his room. We were pretending to be characters from Ben 10, when me having the attention span of a toddler noticed that some of the paint on his wall had started to chip, and me having no impulse control started to pick at it. He kept telling me to stop, afraid that he would get in trouble, but I assured him that I would take the blame since mom blamed me for everything that went wrong in her life anyway. He wouldn't get in trouble. Long story short, behind my brother's wall, right above his bed were the words run. They were carved in the wall, and it looked like someone had carved it with their fingernails. Needless to say, we both slept in our brother's room for a week. The final incident happened one night when I was home alone again. I knew no one was going to be coming back that night since my brothers were all staying at their respective friends' houses, and I don't really like to think about what my mom was doing. I had friends but didn't feel like going anywhere that day, and so I was sitting at home around midnight watching That's So Raven on Disney Channel. Both of my dogs and my cat were with me in the room. When I started hearing someone walking downstairs, I froze and listened. 
Well, maybe one of the boys came back, but I didn't hear the front door open. My dog's ears have started to perk up when the footsteps started coming up the stairs. My house wasn't very big. The upstairs is just one long hallway in my brother's room at the time. After that was my room, and that's about it up there. Oh yeah, there's also a door to the attic up there. I turned my TV off and hid under my blankets. At this point, the dogs had started barking and my cat hissed and ran off under the bed when my door suddenly flung open by itself. I stupidly looked out from under my covers just in time to see a pale, gray hand reaching into my room. I screamed and hid back under the blanket for what felt like hours until finally, the dogs stopped barking and the house went quiet again. The next day I tried to tell my mom about what happened and once again she denied it saying there was nothing supernatural about the house and threatening to up my meds and have me committed if I didn't stop causing her problems. But literally as we were fighting about it, we are the only two in the house, the front door which was locked slammed shut from downstairs. I thought my mom would finally believe me after that. Now she said it was just the wind. I moved in with my dad that summer. I couldn't take it anymore. Since the house had been knocked down after being sold in a town auction, I'm not sure whatever really happened of it. I don't know if it was the old man who was haunting me or some darker entity that was feeding off the negative energy or something. But I have told this story to some friends over the years. This was many years ago, and I'm 25 now. But I still think about this from time to time. I started listening to your channel and figured, hey, why not share it? Anyway, I'm sorry if it's a little hard to follow. I hope you end up reading it on the channel. Hi Swamp Dweller, I do not know if you would be interested in a story from England. It is kind of long-winded and not overly scary, but it's a pretty weird experience that me and my partner would never forget. To set the scene, we live in a busy city in the South Midlands of England. We have a bully breed dog and take him out for walks in surrounding parks and woods quite often. I am quite into the paranormal and have experienced lots of things. My mom is a spiritual medium so I guess it comes with the territory. My partner, however, is a science graduate and is a very everything-has-an-explanation sort of person. Anyway, on this day, we decided to go to a popular picnic park just on the outskirts of the city. It is almost always full of families, dog walkers, and picnickers. It was late spring, and the temperature was just starting to hit summer heat. It was a sunny day, not a cloud in the sky, and no wind. The park was full of the usual parents and kids and their family dogs, old couples going for walks and the like. Here in Dinglin, bully breeds are still quite stigmatized and feared, so we really avoid going where there are a lot of people. Not that our dog is dangerous or anything, he is just overly friendly and people freak out when he trots up to greet them. So we decided to go a bit off the beaten track. To give you a rough idea, the park has a small lake in the center with paths and benches that surround it. Just off one of these paths are a few farmer's fields in a thick wooded area which snakes around into another path which eventually leads back to the park. We decided to go through the cattle gate which leads through the farmer's fields. It was so hot and beautiful that day that nothing spooky or creepy even crossed our minds. Even though you could no longer see anyone, you could still hear kids playing and dogs barking. 
As we came up to the wooded area, whilst on the dirt path alongside it, I noticed a man walking through the thick brush. I thought this was weird because he was coming from the opposite end of the woods, which literally leads to nothing. No houses or roads or anything. Just endless fields and woods as far as I know. I just told myself he must be looking for his dog or something. My partner noticed him too and we shared a look at each other, like, what a weirdo, and carried on walking. But I could not help but look at him. He looked so strange. It must have been close to 30 degrees and he was in a thick black hoodie, black trousers or sweats. He had longish, dirty blonde hair and maybe was around our age, maybe mid-twenties. But the weirdest fact was, is he had a dazed sort of smile on his face and his head kind of tilted to one sidewinder. When he walked, he swayed from side to side slightly. I tried to push it to the back of my mind and was telling myself that he was just a stoner or something looking for his dog. He was not calling or making noises to get a dog's attention though, or anything which was even stranger. Anyway, I kept looking back over my shoulder every couple of minutes. He was in the brush for a little while, but then joined the path we were on and began walking our way. He must have been about 30 feet behind us. I noticed how tall he was, because now that we were on the path, I could pretty much size him up. He must have been about six foot nine, maybe even seven feet. He was huge, maybe like 17 or 18 stone, 240 to 250 pounds more or less. Around this point, we noticed everything went silent. There were no kids laughing, no indistinctive family chatter, no dogs barking, no birds tweeting, nothing. The only sound was the sound of our footsteps and wind, but there was no wind. It was roasting hot, not even a slight breeze yet. We could hear the wind blowing through the trees. Even though the sun was beating down, it felt darker somehow, like everything was, I don't know, desaturated. My partner started to freak out, and strangely, so did our dog. Now, this really struck me as weird. Our boy is the kind of dog who would greet anyone, run up to them to play. But no, he would not even look back at me or the man. My partner and dog started to speed up to get away from the wooded area and this weird behemoth of a man. I really started to freak out myself but did not want to upset my partner even further, so I kept my cool, quiet, and kept my pace. I looked over my shoulder again and he was closer, maybe 25 feet away at this point. Now for a bit of context, as you exit the wooded area, you come to a path which is surrounded on either side with tall thick bushes and it curves around widely to lead you back to the main park. The curve is so wide that you can see far ahead, but you can only see the bushes where it curves sort of thing. Neither of the exits are in view. As we reach this path, I check again, and the guy is even closer now. It is still silent. All I can hear is the faint wind sounds in our footsteps, but nothing from the man. He is still smiling in that dazed sort of way, and still kind of swaying. Everything still felt weird and dull. It's the only way I can describe it. I thought to myself, if this weird bloke is going to try something, I'm going to have to protect my partner. I'm only 5'8 myself and not much of a fighter. So I grabbed my car and house keys and put them between my fingers in my pocket. If this dude wanted to try anything, I'd smash him in the face and leg it. I'm not fast either, but I convinced myself I'd be faster than him. 
Just for a little bit of a reference, though, don't put your keys in between your, your knuckles. You're just going to break your hand. I check over my shoulder again, and he is even closer still. I start to hype myself up. He was coming, and I was ready. I realized I could not hear him at that moment, though. He was probably about 15 feet behind me now. My partner and dog had literally hightailed it up the path, but why couldn't I hear the footsteps from them? Another quick glance and he was right behind me, not even five feet away now. This was it. If I was going to do anything, it had to be now. If I could keep the element of surprise on my side, I might stand a chance and give us the opportunity to run. I swung around as quickly as I could and went to shout at him and swipe, but he was gone. There was nothing there. No man and no sign of him whatsoever. I paused and looked around. He could not have run back along the path. He could not be that quick. I would still be able to see him as the path winds around so widely he would still be in view. He could not have jumped through either side of the path into one of the rows of bushes as I would have heard it and seen the rustling of the bushes or something like that. He had just vanished. I stayed there for a moment and only when I decided to walk on to check on if my other half and my dog were okay... I realized I could hear the park again. The wind's noises had gone, and the day returned to normal. The sunlight was no longer dull, and everything seemed normal. I got shivers and ran to catch up. I asked my partner if they had seen him go anywhere, but they did not see anything. They just said he really freaked them out, and they did not want to be there anymore. I could see that they were really shaken. The dog was back to normal, though, wagging his tail and wanting to play and explore. We decided to cut our walk short and drive home. Shortly after we got home, I rang my mom and told her about it. She advised me to check reports for missing people or deaths related to the area, which I did, and weirdly, lots of people have died there by suicide or overdose. But none of the people I found online matched this person's description. I tried to forget about it and get back to normal life and all that. I was applying to go back to college at the time so I did not really need to be thinking about giant ghost men. After a few days, it had left our minds and we got back to some sort of normality. A few nights later, I woke up in the middle of the night and opened my eyes. As they adjust to the darkness, I look up at the ceiling where this orange glow of the street lamp shines through our window, and my heart stops. He was there, stood over our bed. He was so tall that his head was right below our ceiling light. And he still had that weird, dazed smile all lit up in the orange glow. I jump up and punch as hard as I can, but my fist does not meet anything, because there was nothing there. I turn on the light and look around. Nothing. I have never seen him since, but after seeing him in our bedroom, our apartment felt horrid afterwards. I never felt homey or safe, and we would hear horrible things. For example, at one point in the middle of the night, I heard my own voice call my partner's name from the other side of our bedroom door. We heard walking in our attic, which was too low for people to walk in, and our pets would not sleep alone. We left that flat after a year or so of dealing with that weird ghostly experience. My partner, of course, kept denying that it was ghostly, just that it could not be explained. There were other reasons for us leaving, like we wanted to expand and get ourselves a house and garden but my main reason for leaving that area was because of that man. I have not seen him since and I hope I never do again. We have now been on our new house for about a year and have not experienced anything strange. A few things have happened, but nothing scary or completely unexplainable. 
It has been about two years or so since this happened, and we both still refuse to go to that park. Daylight or not, I do have a few more freaky stories, so if you are interested, please let me know. Thanks for taking the time to read about our experience, and if anyone in England has witnessed something similar, I would love to know in the comments down below. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true unexplained paranormal horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, be sure to send it in at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that's incredibly helpful. If you're listening to this on iTunes or another podcast platform, please give this a 5-star rating, as that's genuinely helpful to the show. If you're new to the show, why not join us, hit that subscribe button, and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode, as I upload them nearly every single day, and all things natural and supernatural. Much love and appreciation to my good friend, Southern Cannibal today, who helped me read these stories. If you enjoyed Southern Cannibal's voice, please be sure to check out their channel and subscribe. You can find the link to do so in the top of the description. If you're on the go and don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. It's absolutely free, and always will be. If you guys would like to support The Swamp outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and giving us a 5-star rating on iTunes, check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts, hoodies, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threads. Be sure to join me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and all the other social medias, and I'll see you soon with another creepy video.